are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in everybody to a special midweek edition of United 96 on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. I'm John. As advertised, Ted is on assignment or vacation or whatever, uh, but it's just me and I'm here with DC United once and former and current uh, DC United, Chris Durkin. Chris, thanks for joining, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's get started. Um, I think, you know, almost all of our fan, most of our listeners are from the, the new era. So they will have, they will have seen you at Audi Field. Uh, that's sort of just the way that, that our listenership is. So they will have seen you before you left. Um, talk about your time. First of all, talk about what really led you to want to test yourself overseas or in Belgium specifically or just overseas? What was sort of your mindset as you were, um, you know, either trying to find minutes or just wanting to sort of improve your national team chances or whatever it was? Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of different things. Um, a combination of everything really, you know, I was a young, um, young kid, 19, um, eager to get more minutes than I thought, um, I was getting at DC at the time. Um, and I didn't realize going over to Belgium that it would be six months until I really found the field. Um, you know, but, uh, my intentions were to go over, get minutes, get European experience, um, and I knew that the Belgian league uh, played young players. Um, I knew Saint Troyden had, um, but yeah, I was just looking forward to a new experience, and what I got from it was so much more than I expected. Um, I got a lot of, you know, things outside of soccer as well. Just you know, developing more as a human being, as a person, mm-hmm. um, and then you know then it continued to translate into soccer and learning more about, you know, their league, their culture and, um, you know, making myself a better player as well. Did you give Griffin a heads up to be like, Hey, uh, it may, t- it may be a few minutes. It may be a couple weeks before you're uh, in the 18, man. Did you yeah, tell him uh, your experiences? Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's not going to be easy for Griff. Um, you know, the nice thing for him though is, um, it's a, uh, a permanent move for him so he doesn't feel the necessarily the pressure of it being a lone move and every game is a tryout basically is what i right. felt like when i was in in st Troyden on my um on my loan period i still felt like it was a trial for basically six months and um he'll have the um, peace of mind to know that this is his club for however long he signed and um he can go right away and have no pressure i think it seemed, well, it's, I, I bring him up because it's interesting. It's sort of very parallel. Griffin had a hard time staying in the 18. He got his opportunities occasionally, but didn't really maybe get the amount of games you need as a young player to really build confidence and sort of establish your place. If I recall, sort of the same for you. You had you had a, you had like a, a few games in, a lot of games out, and it was just trying to develop. And it was you know I, there was 9,000 defensive midfielders in the team at the time. That's always been sort of the case. DC United, they just like except for now, I mean, now now we're building them. Now we're getting some more of them. But it, it's uh, that's always been a position of depth. What do you think that says? Obviously, everyone's situations are different, but that you were able to find an DC United was open to finding you a place, and with you it was a loan option to buy. But with Griffin, like giving giving players the opportunity to say, you know, we love you, we think you're great. You're not, you don't have, you don't. We have minutes for you right now. We might in the future, but I understand you wanted to go somewhere. Is that was that a good? Re- did that openness to your move make it more likely that you were able to return later on to keep that sort of positive door open for you? Yeah. Um, you know, it's never easy as a young kid as well. Um, you know, you're so emotionally invested. You still have your parents around at that time that are trying to help out as well. Um, it's just not, not easy. 
and um, you know t- the feelings of it all might not always feel like oh it worked out for everybody and in the end I think it did um, for DC United St. Troy and me it all panned out really nicely for all of us um, but you know while you're going through it there's just so much you have emotionally invested um, but you know to have DC United um, to let me go on loan and then to um, you know have them financially compensated I think pretty well um, by St. Troyd and um, to make it permanent um, I think it was great and it's you know great with Kevin it's great with uh, Griffin now uh, it was great with me um, and I think it continues to show um, that there is great um, opportunities available if you do well with your chances in the MLS um, and you know it continues to look like more now that even more young players are going to get opportunities um, here within the club now with Wayne um, so I think it's um, it's a great uh, example for young players that um, you know these moves can happen if um, you take what you take your chance um, when when you get it. Is it a struggle as a young kid that comes up through the academy, local kid, went to the games as a young as a young guy, probably thought about playing for the club as when you were that age? Is it tough to like realize that it's a business at a certain point too? How quick does that happen? Because mm-hmm. you're like, I want to come up, I want to play for this team. This is gonna be my team. Maybe you've got far off ambitions later down the line, but like, if does it feel like the assumption from the outside is like they that maybe like the this is a business and I'm gonna be moved on like an asset or whatever yeah. uh, down the line? Is it does that was that sort of the case for you and for other young players? Is that sort of the, yeah. the realization you gotta have? Yeah, it's definitely eye opening as a younger player realizing the business aspect of it because you know you're a youth player, you've been involved in the national team. And everybody's just looking out for you, kind of. Um, you know, if you're, you know, one of the better players on the team, everybody's going to treat you a certain way. Um, but, you know, once you get into the professional scene where there's guys 10, um, 11 years older than you, sometimes 15, um, right. you know, it doesn't, that doesn't matter anymore. And it's a business. It's um, about money. And, um, you know, it's, it's not always about business, but you have to learn that. And parents have to learn that. You know, players have to learn that. Um, and you know, like I said before, when you're so emotionally invested, it's not always, you know, the easy thing to feel like it's almost hopeless sometimes where your situation may fall. But, you know, when you have that, um, understanding that, um, you know, you're a young player, you have a lot of time to develop and grow. Um, sometimes it's easier to hit the brakes and see where you are, where you've made it. You've, you know, been able to sign and become a professional soccer player, Uh, you know, keep your head down and keep working and things will pan out. Um, but that first, you know, time where you, know, you want to do something and you're like, uh, you gotta slow, slow down a little bit, buddy. That first, you know, time hearing that is not, is not fun, but, um, I've realized it a lot more now and, um, you know, I'm at peace with how this industry works at this point. So you, you mentioned that it was a big, a good bit of business for, for DC United as well. I, I believe that was their, their transfer record for you at the time. Is that correct? Where you were the, you were their... I think um, it's right. or near it, either me or Andy. I don't know. Maybe no, not from selling from from St. Troy. And they're they're what they paid to DC. Oh, I thought was yeah, their it club. was. Um, I think uh, I don't think it was the record, but it was it was up there. Yeah, that's that's a fun that's a fun uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good validator when you're getting purchased. Like, well, clearly this is a team that doesn't normally want to spend transfer fees yeah. like this, and they've done it on me. So. Um, Talk a little bit about, obviously, your first half a year there, you were finding it challenging to get on the field. I know that after that, uh, once you got the full transfer, you played a lot. Tell me about sort of what, 
what the league changed about your game. Also, you're obvious you were you're young and still growing up then, so you're still you're growing into your frame and getting bigger and stronger too. Yeah. What was that? What's the what was the progress like uh, in that league for you? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was the first six months was difficult. Um, the coach um, at the time, um, you know, didn't really see a role for me. It felt like, um, and that happens. Uh, and then he eventually got fired, and a new uh, the uh, second team coach came in. And, that happens too. <laughs> and that happens too. And, um, he gave me a chance right away, and um, I was really grateful for him because I feel like he kind of started my whole process over there. And, um, yeah, I think Belgium as a whole, you know, it, it taught me a lot, um, just about different styles of play. Uh, you know, when you're a smaller team like St. Troyden, um, you're normally not going out there controlling the game. Um, you're kind of sitting back in a pretty compact block and, um, trying to get whatever result you can going to, you know, bigger teams that have way more money like Club Bruges, and Gank, Antwerp. Um, you really see the difference uh, in those types of funding and, and all that. Um, so that was eye-opening. And uh, the speed of play, there was a ton of running in that in that league overall. Uh, it just felt like up and down. Um, and it was very physical. Um, and then on top of all that, you add promotion and relegation. And, you know, my first full run of a season um, when I was playing, we were, you know, towards the bottom and that's pretty scary, you know, because you're you're talking about, um, you know, if you get relegated, you take off a percentage of your pay. Um, you're not really looked at too well in, amongst the fans, mm-hmm. um, and you really start to feel the pressure then. Um, so that automatically puts more on yourself, and um, you know, raises the expectations even higher on you for each game uh, because it matters so much. Hey, this is John. I just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for listening to the show. If you'd like to support our work and keep this train running on time, there's a couple of ways that you can support us. First, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Any amount you'd like to give is great. Our Patreons will get the full audio of our shows on Monday night every week, a day or three days earlier than everyone else. You could also subscribe to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash rfkrefugees. You can either use your own money or utilize your one free monthly subscription if you have Amazon Prime. And lastly, you could buy merch. We have stickers and scarves available on rfkrefugees.com, and we'll have t-shirts available later this season. We love doing this show for you guys and appreciate all the support we've received over the years. Now, back to the show. So all that was, was really great and taught me you know, a sense of urgency amongst games, um, how to get wins, how to time manage better. Um, be Ruth more ruthless and uh, yeah I think all those were really important lessons to, to me did you eat french fries with mayonnaise was that a thing that you tried uh, uh, I, I don't even think I did I refused to I, I, I don't blame you American. I don't blame you it's weird I think it's I'm, I'm glad that you didn't and you missed Hernan's time here so you can answer this question what was your favorite Belgian beer was it do was it was it anything interesting or was it like a mainstream? Uh, I actually didn't even drink beer while I was over there either. All right, well, the man, the mayonnaise and the fries thing for sure. I think we can agree on Belgian yeah. beer is not too bad. Any, anyway, um, I something something jogged my mind when you said sort of like about what Saint Troyden was sort of set out to do based on their you know the money they were spending and where they were in the table and everything else. What was was the fan base there understanding and accepting of that was going to sort of have to be the way you'd play? 
because of you know the difference between Bruges and 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 what you guys are able to spend, or were they also being like, boy, I hope they also play attacking soccer. I'd really like to see them go up and down. Like what? I'm just trying to compare the American psyche yeah. from a fan base to the to the to that. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm still confused to this day about it because, um, you know, they were never happy when we lost. There was a bunch of whistling and a lot of people leaving the stadium right away after we lost the game at home, for sure. Um, you know, expectations were still, um, you know, I think it was a successful season when we stayed in the, in the first division um, at that point, um, just based off of, um, you know, the way the club was going. We had had over six coaches when I was there. So there was a lot of, you know, it was very indecisive at that time. And, you know, that's another thing that I learned how to do is, you know, make a good impression on the coach right away, um, which is important and he, yep. important here at DC United right now, too. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah, the expectations were high amongst the team or amongst the fans in, in St. Troy and just because of the um, discontent I felt when we were losing and in relegation. So, yeah, I think it was interesting. It's a it's weird like like you're wondering you're uh, probably you're playing like what what how do you find happiness as a fan here like are you expecting us to win the league because I think you're gonna be upset that's not really our lot in life yeah, yeah I I wonder that too because that's I mean that you you you've been here now for forever so it's sort of the same thing here like you look at sort of like all right well we're not gonna spend like Seattle or Atlanta or New York City FC and the league has parity and anything can happen and once you get in the playoffs everyone's shooting for the same thing but like. Yeah. It's it's a challenge, and I think that the yeah. the games lately really point to that too. Sort of fan reaction to uh, even loss of points, just the way that the team is set out and the way that opportunities are be- being given to young players. It's it's sort of a yeah. even in a last place season, it's still an exciting time for some mm-hmm. United fans who have sort of like the calibrated expectations that we were, yeah. we were talking about. Um, is there something that stands out from the f- on the field perspective? Obviously, maybe was it not being relegated and staying up? Was there a individual moment that stood out for you um, that that really you um, carry with you for your career? Yeah, I mean, I was I scored a couple of goals over there, which were really exciting. Um, you know, playing in a uh, in derby games was was exciting. Uh, Gank against St. Troyden. Um, and uh, we won two of those, and that's where the fans really love you. I guess right. that's something that the fans really care about is the Derby game uh, between against Gank. Um, you know, if you win that, they love you, and if if you don't win that, there might be you know storming onto the field. <laughs> so, right. um, but no, I really cherish every the time I had there. I wasn't always super happy when I was over there, just because I was away from family and. Um, my girlfriend and everything, it was not easy, but um, I learned so much and it really makes me more grateful being back here now um, and, you know, finding that balance um, between, you know, really enjoying my soccer and, and seeing how, you know, the my off the field life impacts what is being put out, out on the field as well. Sure. Um, so it was a really great learning lesson overall, you know, just even outside of soccer, visiting other countries around Belgium because it's centrally located within Europe, um, seeing all those different things um, was, was great as well. So let's talk about the return and how it came about. Um, what's, what, what's, wait, let's just talk about that. So obviously you're, you're looking for a, a landing spot. I remember reading a couple of interviews at the time, but walk our listeners through sort of how you came to be back uh, here in Audi Field. Yeah, I mean, it's a discussion with my agent about what we viewed as our next step. Um, you know, I felt that I needed to 
um, find something outside of St. Troyden, whether it be um, in the summertime or in the off season um, before, uh, after the Belgian season ended, I had one more, one more year left on my contract, but I felt like um, that last year wouldn't have served me well. Um, just for my mental sake and uh, getting the most out of me. Um, so we, we, we talked about Europe and the opportunities there. We didn't feel like necessarily the next step was there just yet to go into you know, the Bundesliga or maybe the championship. Um, and you know, we talked about maybe a return to the MLS, and then we focused all of our energy on that. Um, and you know, the whole process of coming back into the MLS is not very easy. No. Um, and that was very confusing in itself to me. Um, and then we found out that, you know, DC United may be interested and, um, it actually sounded, I didn't really think, um, initially, um, at first for everything that I was going to come back to the MLS, you know, I thought I was going to be in Europe for a long time. Um, and then hopefully make my hoorah back to the, um, MLS, uh, you know, years, years later, but, um, you know, everything panned out really well. Um, and you know, that's just goes to show as a young player, you never know, you can't really map out your, your path. Um, everything unfolds, um, not how you expect. And, uh, I'm really happy with how it played out so far. Um, the, uh, under 22 initiative, um, within MLS really helped yeah. bring me back as well. And, um, so that, that was a really, uh, lucky thing because if I tried to come back next year, then. Um, it would be a lot different as well. So, that's the flip side of all the stupid machinations to to go through to get acquisitions. That under twenty two initiative enables you to get a salary that you're more comfortable with that fits under the roster. Like it just some of the rules are dumb, but this one worked out. A lot of the really, yeah. <laughs> we'll take that one. Yeah. Um, what was the thing that you missed most about home that you did? Obviously, family aside. What was the thing that you're like, I could not get this over there. I'm going to do this as soon as I get here. I'm going <laughs> to, what uh, was it? I don't know. I just feel like going to a, a grocery store even in America is way better than mm-hmm. in Belgium. Just the options available. I know it sounds uh, small, but when you're over in Belgium for two and a half years and there's not m- very many things to get there, uh, it's just a stupid little small thing. But um, no, it's weird. I, I didn't I've spent... Get- I spent less time overseas than you, and that was a similar, like, four or five months, and I came back, and grocery stores were, it's comforting, because you know, you can read everything, yeah, you know, you know exactly what everything is, all the things you like are there, yeah, it's great. Um, so we talked about sort of, uh, you know, the, your, your progress on the field, what's changed for, for people who maybe are new to, to, to the Chris Durkin experience at DC United, what has changed about your game, um, and also, too, I think as it goes, that goes with that, you've been pressed into a bunch of different positions already uh, on yep. the field for need, obviously, and also for maybe trying new styles with new coaches within yeah. a couple of weeks. Um, where are you most comfortable? And I know you're not going to say I don't want to play there, but like, where do you feel you shine best? Where do you feel like your talents come through the most? Yeah, I feel like I shine best at um, defensive mid, personally. Um, that's where I think I get the most qualities out of myself with my, my passing range. Mm-hmm. Um, and tackling and um, composure on the ball. Uh, but, you know, like you said, there's been a lot of um, moving pieces so far since I've come back to DC United, um, new formations, tactics. And, you know, I'm a guy that, you know, I don't view myself as uh, I put the team before the individual. 
and I, wherever the team needs me, I'll play. And, you know, it's not always going to look the prettiest sometimes. Um, and, um, you know, even more now in the MLS, you've seen that, you know, sometimes when I'm out outside back and, you know, you've got these super creative, skillful guys that are fast, it's not always the easiest either. So, um, you know, I'm learning and try, I'm trying my best in each position that's called upon me. Um, and I think with this change of formation now with, with the new um, structure with Wayne, um, everything will start to be panned out more and more. But I think you're seeing a new kind of soccer within DC United. We want to be on the ball more and control the game a little more, um, which I think will do better in the long run as well. Yeah, I think you cannot hide at, at fullback in MLS. And I think that it, every, almost any time you, you see somebody being played out of position, you're there like, they're going to have a long day. This is going to be rough. Just because, I mean, that's where that's the, all the speed and talent on the wings in MLS is a lot of times where teams will spend money. So that's really where you have you find your, you know, <laughs> you get found out a little bit. Yeah. Um, last question for you. Obviously, you talked about Wayne coming, the change in formation, the change in some philosophy. What's the... What's the mood in the locker room? I'm very curious on a team that is in, it's kind of a interesting dichotomy. The team is in last place. Points are hard to come by. But mm-hmm. on the other side, you have all the optimism of Wayne Rooney being being your new coach and yeah. hopefully, hopefully joining the sidelines on Saturday. Talk about additions and competition, which can sometimes be scary as a player, but also good overall, going to probably improve your position, hopefully. Uh, and, and also the understanding that Wayne's here for a year and a half, plus maybe a year. A lot of these players that are coming in are also here for a year and a half, maybe. So, like, next year, is all the, all, it's all for all the marbles. The team is putting all the chips in for 2023. Yeah. What's the, what, is a, what is it like going to work every day and doing training and playing sort of with all of those things in front of you? Yeah, I think it's a um, – we're in definitely a learning phase right now. Uh, a lot of people are learning a new formation that uh, I don't think many people have played since we've – uh, as, as pros, it's a, a unique formation. And, um, but I think when we get it down and we find all the parts in the right places, um, I think it'll be extremely effective. Um, and I think everybody's optimistic about that as well. Um, you know, the way we want to play, um, you know, finding, you know, attacking with and, you know, creative play, uh, I think will be very exciting when we get it down. You know, we look at our game against, uh, Columbus, the first ever time we played that formation, I thought it was really positive. In the first half, um, you know, we created some good chances. Uh, the second half wasn't as good. Um, you know, we look at the Bayern Munich second half, you know, competing against one of the best teams in the world. And that formation, I think, actually showed pretty well in that, um, you know, creating, you know, good chances. And, um, you know, in the um, Montreal game we just played and uh, I think you I still think we can get a point out of that as well uh, with the chances that we have so you know this is three three or four games into the Wayne Rooney era with his new tactics and you know that's it's not easy you know in midway through the season to get get this understanding by playing in real MLS games and you know uh, panning everything out so we're trying to trying our best, watching a lot of film. Um, I've noticed that training sessions, the quality of it has risen a lot more uh, with you know a new competition coming in. People are checking their shoulder now, making sure that they're on their game. And that will, uh, I think, uh, lead to more, um, more, more wins and more points. Um, 
and I'm, I'm very optimistic. I think that there's a base that we're going to start to set um, where we'll be creating a lot more chances. Now it's just about figuring out how to let less goals in. So um, I'm optimistic, and I think the whole team is as well. Um, we still believe in this year. Personally, I do. I know that the MLS, um, you know, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we still have enough time. It's just about can we all mesh together quick as quick as possible to make this work. We we talked to Jackson Hopkins last week, and I was like, "Man, you're you this is like your third offensive system in one year, three coaches, one year. Like this is." He's like, "I don't know, man. I just go out there. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm just doing my best." I was like, "Yeah, well, you and a lot of other young players on this team. It's it's all it's a lot like that." But Chris, to your point, I think I'm glad that the team is optimistic. I think a lot of the fans are. Choosing to be optimistic, I think uh, basically anything is possible for the rest of this season. But even if not, it's I think everyone's feels like this is good steps in the right direction to to progress in, in 2023 and, and beyond. So I want to thank you for joining us, Chris, and I want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing to 1996. Today, this is going to go out today on Tuesday to our Patreons, and it'll go out to everybody else later in the week. So if you want to get our interviews on the day they are completed, like literally minutes after I figure out how to transcribe this into a, a, a new file format, uh, you get it. So patreon.com slash RFK, RFK refugees. Chris, thanks again. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. I appreciate it as well.